Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Nice Job, Painter Marketing Pros, and APC. Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando. I am your host. So glad to be here today. Um, this is an interesting time of year, in my opinion. This time of year, as the um, the weather is starting to cool, uh, the the especially for you exterior folks, the calls are there. There you're having to turn people down because you don't have time to finish all the the stuff that you got. I mean, it, this season is major catch up season. This season in the painting business, I mean, it's your crew's already burnt out. Your team is already tired of all the jobs, and and you've got a stack of them that if you don't get it done before the winter. Um, you're going to have to have some hard conversations with your customers. I know what you're going through. Ugh, it's tough. It's tough. And, you know, I think that uh, a lot of times when we're in business, we find that, um, you know, the quest for growth is kind of a double-edged sword. Um, on one hand, you know, we want the profitability. We want the money. We want uh, we want the prestige of being able to go online and say, "I do a million plus." You know, we want that. And yet, when we look at our schedules, when we look at our lives, when we look at our um, individuality, it, it tends to get all tied up in the work. Dinner table conversations are about work. Pillow talk is about work. It's all work, 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 work. <laughs> when does it end, right? And that can be stressful. It leads to burnout. And you know, when I'm on speaking tours, um, you know, I'm talking directly with folks and and you know, asking them questions about their business. What are their goals? What do they want to be able to do? And and a lot of people, from what I gather, they have this idea that if they could just turn their painting company into a passive business asset, as if a service-based company could be passive at all, it's completely active. If they could just make it passive, then if they could just delegate, if they could just hire somebody, if they could just employ the right systems, then maybe they will have the freedom to go on vacation and just, you know, collect a check. Well, I I feel like I've been personally disillusioned by that by that idea. Do we need vacations? Do we need downtime for sure? But there has to be a balance because at the end of the day, uh, you know, windsurfing for, you know, 2 months straight can only be so fun. You know, it it, it starts to it starts to become a slog and you and you start to lose the fulfillment and so my opinion is that if we really want to have a fulfilling work life we need to figure out how to deal 
with the stress and the burnout. We need to figure out what our resources are. And so I've got a great resource for you today. I've got Mr. Uh, or should I say, Dr. <laughs> Eric Gonzalez Boule, professor, associate professor at Indiana University Kelly School of Business. Uh, I took his course um, this uh, spring and was um, uh, honestly floored by the the level of of research and education and insight um, that I gained from my leading organizations class. Um, he co-taught it with uh, uh, Dr. Ernest Boyle. Um, these these guys are are well-known beings. I'll tell you that in in their spheres, and they are uh, leading uh, the, the way on, in some of this research. And so you guys know that my goal is to elevate the level of education that we bring into the, into the industry. Um, you know, I, uh, we, we have too many gurus, too many, you know, self-proclaimed experts, too many people who, you know, caught lightning on in a bottle and wouldn't be able to replicate it, you know, in a, in a, in a, in another, uh, um, situation. So, I, I, I mention this frequently. I'm, I'm interested, sure, I'm interested in the way that one company does it, but I'm also interested in the way that a thousand companies do it. Because just because one company does it great doesn't mean that's going to work for you in your area. So, so that's why I bring in the research. That's why I bring in the, the, the academics, the, the smarter, uh, not smarter, you guys are smart too. Everybody's smart. What I'm saying is the people who have done the research. All right. I want you to subscribe to this show, uh, download PCA Overdrive, get 500 hours of bonus video content, $5.99 a month for non-members, free with your membership. Go to PCAPinEd.org to download it, find it in the App Store. All right, let's go ahead and bring on our guest. Without without further ado, let's bring on Eric gonzalez Millet. Hello, hello, what's up, Eric? Hi, Trolando. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a, a it's a lot of fun. I'm ex I'm excited to share share some of what what I've learned and hopefully it can help others. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I put a you know I, I I put an emphasis in the beginning on um, the importance of having research backed data and you know, honestly, in our industry, I, I truly believe that we have a lot of people who are, um, in order to keep up with the demands of social media, they have to kind of spew out new ideas all the time. And whether there's enough rigor behind it, um, you know, I, I question that all the time. And I, and I often hear things that are just kind of repeated. And I, and I question myself, uh, you know, where, where did this originate? Can you just real quickly, um, cause, cause there's a, there's, I mean, there's a little bit of a debate in the trades as to whether, you know, college education is necessary, that kind of thing. But can you just, can you just, you know, kind of share your, uh, belief on why research and evidence-based, uh, findings are so important? Yeah, Absolutely. So, you know, I think there's a couple of things here. I, I think the first is, you know, you were alluding to it in your intro, that there's a difference between kind of one-off success stories and replicable patterns of findings over not just a series of individuals, but over many studies 
with individual people within those. So, um, you know, when, when we're talking today about some, some of what the research suggests, I'm talking about hundreds of studies conducted on thousands of people, right? Whereas if you pluck any one of those people out of those studies, they may have a radically different individual experience than what the whole study suggests is, is, is reality, right? And, yeah. and the reason for that is that there's all kinds of random effects, right, that, that might influence any one individual person. You mentioned catching lightning in a bottle, right? That's a great example of that. Yeah. Um, and, and vice versa, right? Like someone could do all the right things and still fail, okay? Right. That could happen. Um, and, and those, you know, we're not so interested in those individual one-off cases from a research perspective. When we're interested in general trends, we're interested in population level averages and, um, uh, and, and conclusions derived from many, many people, not just one or two. Um, so that, that to me is, is the big, one of the big things, you know, the, the other aspect of it too, is that, um, you know, research, you know, you were talking about the social media age, Re research is slow. It takes yeah. years to publish a, a top article in, in a journal. Right. Um, and this is by design, right? So, so research that is slow is done meticulously. It's done rigorously. We can be um, you know, reasonably confident in the findings from an individual study. And of course, there's all kinds of, 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 of issues and individual bad actors out there that you can point to and find. But as a whole, um, the research institution is set up in such a way that we can be pretty sure of the findings. Um, I also say another, another big aspect of the research process is the idea of peer review, right? So when you're talking right. about, you know, social media, anybody can write whatever they want on, on Twitter or X, I suppose it's called now. Mm -hmm. um, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, there, there's no check, right? There's no process of determining whether this is something that, that should be out there or not. Um, and the double blind peer review process that, that science, um, holds as the highest standard of rigor is critical for that. Right. Right. The, the fact checking in a lot of ways on social media, especially in the, in the business world is based on, um, how much money people perceive you to have. If they if they believe that you have a lot of money, then the you know, whatever you say is is fact. Mm -hmm. And and that is a, a very dangerous path that, that I think we're going down as, as a society. Um, so I, I appreciate you lending, um, you know, some of your uh, research here from from our discussion before the show. And uh, and I definitely mentioned this, you know, in the intro, um, a lot of your research has taken you um on a deep dive um to the topic of stress work-related stress and how that um impacts us you know individually but uh in, in other in other areas of the organization and at home um how how big of a problem is work stress yeah that's a great question um, I, I would say it is a tremendously big problem, so much so that even the World Health Organization has called it out. So they do an annual report, essentially, of essentially like a state of the, a state of health on Earth is almost mm -hmm. kind of what they talk about. And they talk about like the major things we need to be looking out for, the things that are hurting us. You know, they talk about pollutants and and, and different things. Um, they also talk quite a bit about work stress and and yeah. and the role that stressors have in causing disease. Um, there's really well-established links between stress at work and a lot of really bad diseases. So we're talking about, you know, cardiovascular disease, depression, um, obesity, um, all different kinds of morbidity uh, are tied to the, the stress that we face at work. And that's after right. controlling for things like socioeconomic status and living conditions and whether you smoke or not or whether you eat healthily or not. 
all these kind of other things that are that we know um, affect your health. Once we partial all that out, there's still these strong effects of work stress on, on health. And so I, I would say it's a pretty big problem. It's a big problem in terms of obviously individual lives. And it's also a big economic problem because of loss productivity that we that we get from people being ill and, and not being able to work or um, needing health care and the like or, or having to retire early, et cetera. So it's right, a, right. a health issue and an economic issue. Right. Well, and in the, the mental health uh, struggle is is um, it's it's very scary. Um, I was uh, I was in the car with my wife maybe a couple of weeks ago and we, we you know, made a comment about, uh, you know, Dennis, you know, having the highest suicide rate. It's not true, actually. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was, thought I, was, I was like, wait a second. Let me, you, let must, me you must have read it on, on Facebook. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> so, so I was like, well, what is, you know, and, and as, as it turns out, um, uh, you know, well, mining and extraction is number one. That's no surprise. Um, but construction is number two. And so, um, you know, we're in the trades business and when it comes to, you know, deaths of despair, um, it is happening, um, so much in, in the trades and it comes from a lot of reasons, you know, a lot of them beginning with stress, um, you know, mental stress, uh, physical, uh, stress and distress, failing bodies, um, you know, the, the pain you, you, you know, you get your shoulders, your back starts hurting, you, you uh, start, you know, taking um, uh, painkillers for it, you get addicted. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big issue. It's, it's a, it's a critical issue, in my opinion. And, um, you know, it's one that I, I, I don't think we talk too much about outside of the fact that I'm burned out. And therefore, I need a process so that I don't have to wear every hat on my in my company there's got to be a balance though because i feel like um a lot of the message that we do here in the social sphere is delegate create system so that you can vacation 12 months out of the year um mm -hmm. but i don't believe that and and i'm hoping that there's uh, a little bit of evidence to support my idea that uh hey actually work can be good um, but, uh, but, but I want to know, so, you know, stress is a big problem. They're big demands. Walk us through what the good, the bad, and the ugly of stressors and demands looks like in, in business. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks Torlando. So, um, you know, you, the, the points that you're making are absolutely germane to this conversation. Right. And, and I think, you know, it's interesting that the idea of delegating and creating systems, th those, those are good suggestions. So then it's hard you know, actually implementing them is where things get really difficult, right? And the extent sure. to which you go on some of those things. So um, let me talk a little bit about kind of the, the general idea behind the, the work stress literature. So when we talk about stress, we're really talking about a process. So stress is kind of the big picture term. And we're talking about stressors, which are kind of things that are part of your work that essentially stress you out. And then that, that feeling of being stressed out is, is strain or the outcome. And so um, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the, the first part of that. So the stressors, because if we can, if we can address those stressors, perhaps acquire resources to help us deal with those stressors and find ways to detach and recover from work, um, then those stressors don't lead to strain or at least lead to a lower level of strain. And we don't have to worry about, um, all of these negative consequences right. for our health and the like. 
Right. Um, right. So in, in the literature, there's really this discussion around two different kinds of stressors. So the first are challenge stressors. Uh, and this gets to your idea of work actually being good. And so, the, so, so the, those, you know, some might be listening and be like, oh, how could work be good? Well, <laughs> he, he, hear me out. So challenge stressors are things that are difficult to do, but not impossible to do. And that can actually be energizing and motivating, right? So if you get up in the morning and you've got a bunch of stuff to get done, but it's not too much stuff to get done. Like it, it's, it's kind of the right amount. You can, you can get it done. Um, there's some reasonable level of, of kind of difficulty. Maybe there's different things you're doing in the day that keeps it interesting and engaging. Right. Um, at the end of that day, you're going to feel pretty good about yourself. You're like, yeah, I just, you know, we've all had days like that where it's like, right. you know, I, I, did, I got a lot done today. Like I nailed it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so challenge stress is really that idea. It's these things, the, these aspects of the work that challenge you, but, but don't break you. Um, and, and the research finds that those can be helpful they make you more productive, they make you more motivated and engaged. Um, and they have relatively small relationships with more negative outcomes. So mm. that, that's to say that if challenges get really high, they can still be harmful, right? So, sure. so I don't want to paint too rosy of a picture here, but challenges are essentially this idea of this good stress, okay? Because they're motivating, engaging, makes you perform better. Um, then we have hindrances. So hindrances are the bad stress. So these are things like um, you know, not knowing what it is that you're supposed to be doing in a day, having conflict between different roles. And I know we're going to talk about four burner um, stuff a little later, but hindrances are kind of the idea that like different things you have to do in the day are in direct con conflict with one another. So you never mm. feel like you're getting everything done the way you're supposed to. Um, hindrances also include overload. So, you know, I mentioned with challenge, it's like it, you've got a busy day, you've got a lot of work to do, but it's just the right amount. Right. right. Hindrances are when that goes over that hump and, and there's just so much that it feels like you're drowning. Right. Um, we've all felt that way at some point. Oh, totally. Um, totally. You know, hindrances are also things like red tape. They're hassles. They're essentially, you could think of them as just things that get in the way of getting work done mm. um, in, in a productive way. And hindrances are bad. So there, there's, there's kind of no silver lining there. So hindrances are bad for your health. They're bad for work productivity, bad for engagement. Um, they lead to burnout, et cetera. So kind of the, the, the easy message, you know, the take home here is, well, look at all of the things that you feel like are stressing you out, figure out which of those are hindrances and challenges mm -hmm. and what can, and try to see what is you can do about the hindrances. So this is where bringing in some of these potential systems to, um, you know, eliminate some of that conflict, right? Like, you know, you mentioned hiring staff or something. If you're, if, if you're trying to paint houses, and also picking up the phone and also doing bids and also doing this and that all in the same day, you're likely going to feel stretched pretty thin. Right. So, so there's a situation where if you can find someone to offload some of that to, it could be helpful. Right. Um, of course, that's not always possible. And, you know, there are times that we're, that we've got to kind of push through periods of high stress. Um, and in those situations, a big uh, part of the literature is really about framing. So how do you frame these stressors, right? So do you mm. think of these things as, you know, I'm drowning, I'm, I'm kind of done for, this is way too much, everything is terrible, right? I mean, that's kind of right. a framing you can put on it. Another one you can put on it is, you know, this is a really busy time of year. It's just kind of like this every year. I've been through this before. I'm going to make it through. We're going to push through, put our head down, and then in a month, we can relax a little bit. Right. And so, yeah, um, yeah, on, really important. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. On that, I, uh, you know, my audience knows that I, you know, had, had started my career in painting, took a detour 
in uh, software came back to painting. And I remember the first job in the new business that wasn't going well. You know, my crew was stressed for sure. I understood that. But going, having, you know, having gone through what I went through in my first company, which, you know, didn't end the way that I wanted it to. And having and knowing what it's like in other industries led me to, you know, my, my attitude was, you know, if, if this is the, if this is our biggest problem, things are pretty good, you mm -hmm. know, cause, cause this is, this is solvable. Like it sucks today. I understand that the customer's not happy. Uh, it's going to be a lot of work to, to get it done, but our company isn't failing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people aren't losing uh, hundreds and thousands of dollars because of our decision or because of our mistakes and everything is rectifiable. Right. And so knowing that, in, in my opinion, helped me to kind of gladly take the stressor, whereas I know myself five years ago, I would have I would have been just as stressed as, as anybody else. I would have been ready to, to throw in the towel. So so that that framing effect i think is is uh, is something that uh that our listeners should probably jot down it's a it's you know it's a, it's a matter of perspective it's how you frame it it's how you look at it right yeah yeah and the, there's there's a related piece of this too to the framing piece i'm really glad you brought that up is that um you know the, there's also some there's a literature on coping which essentially gets at the idea of how so once we're dealing with these stressors like how do we react to them and there's essentially two different kinds of coping there's uh a um problem-focused coping, which is based basically trying to figure out how do I get to the root of what's causing my stress and how do I address that, right? right. So a really simple form of problem-focused coping is I have a lot of work to do, so instead of procrastinating, I'll go do it, right? That, right. that helps address the cause of the stress. Um, you know, and, and I think where, where, um, where, where we get into trouble is like we've got so much work and it just feels like so much I can't even get started. And then it just kind of builds up and the stress builds up and the anxiety builds up and you're kind of almost in this really negative spiral. Um, right, right. So probably something. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that reminds me of, um, you know, our mutual friend Trent Williams research on mm -hmm. um, uh, spontaneous entrepreneurship. The, the story that I recall him telling me was um, in, in Haiti in 2010, there's a, you know, massive earthquake. Uh, I, I, most people, I think, remember, you know, this in the news and how um, the U.S. kind of sent aid um, in kind of a blanket, like one size fits all like, oh, they're going to they're they must be in shock. They must be, um, you know, going through a whole, you know, time. They probably need therapists to help them go through it. And so they sent therapists down to, you know, help these people. Well, once they started talking to the therapist, the people that talked to the therapist, they immediately started pulling out a lifetime of, of trauma and issues that they weren't ready to, uh, to think about and to, to go through and digest. And the shock of it all, uh, you know, basically crumbled a lot of people, whereas the people who um, jumped into action um, and said, you know, basically, okay, uh, we, we don't have water. We got to solve this problem. Let's, uh, you know, who knows how to dig a well? Oh, I know how to dig a well. Okay, great. Who has shovels? I have five shovels and 
oh, who has five, you know, strong sons? Oh, I have strong, five strong sons. And then they get together and they solve these problems because they're jumping into the action and taking it head on um, rather than, you know, immediately. Now, is there room for uh, digesting, you know, childhood traumas? Of course, we have to, you know, go through those things. But, um, you know, I, I felt like that story to me has always been one of those things of, you know, asking, when is it a time for me to just, you know what, I just got to take a step here. I got to, I just got to, you know, set my problem to the side for a minute, but, you know, realize that I, I got to bear through it and, and, and just, and just take it head on. How, right. how, how much does that resonate with what you're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly it. And I was, and the second form of coping I was going to mention is emotion focused coping, which aligns perfectly with what you were just talking about here. Right. And, and yeah. the emotion focused coping is what we do to deal with kind of how we feel about the stress. Right. Um, it could be, that could be, you know, to your point, it could be a, a good type of coping, right? So talking to somebody and, and looking for some support and having, you know, just telling someone, hey, I'm really going through a difficult time. This sucks. Having someone hear you out can be actually quite, quite helpful. Sure. Um, but yelling about it, getting mad about it, you know, getting upset, et cetera. Those are things that don't necessarily help alleviate stress. So, mm. um, you know, I, I think it aligns exactly with, with what you're uh, discussing from, from the, you know, the natural disaster. And so, you know, I, I think when you're faced with these demands, um, you know, trying to take inventory, what's a challenge, what's a hindrance, and what can I do about these things uh, is, is a really important step. Yeah. Um, the the I, second... Oh, could yeah, I jump ahead. in real quick? Yeah. And could I ask, because uh, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, because I um, I know for myself and, and I and, you know, I mean, I, I have I have conversations weekly with, you know, fellow fellow contractors who are just going through stuff. And we have we have personal conversations, you know, and mm -hmm. um, sometimes those demands and stressors, you know, as, as good as it is to have that, you know, let's take it on. Let's, you know, do it. I, I think I'll a lot of us struggle to know when to stop. Like it just, mm -hmm. it doesn't turn off. And, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show um, in that I, for one, struggle so much with um, feeling like I'm more than my work, feeling like I'm more than uh, just a family man. I struggle. Like I have, I have all these interests that I had in my twenties that when people ask me, what are you into? And I tell them and I'm like, I haven't, I haven't read a comic book in, you know, eight years. Like I'm not this, I'm not this massive comic book collector anymore. Uh, I'm a different person, but because my life gets so consumed by work and family and work and family, I'm a little bit like, oh, well, who, actually, who, who is that person? Like, who am I? Which is like, you know, such a Zoolander, you know, <laughs> type of question, but, but it's like, yeah. it's real. Like I, I struggle with this, you know, and, and, and to the degree that when I have a failure at work or I'm going through a, a struggle in a relationship, uh, it makes me feel like I'm just failing at life. Like I'm just completely failing. And I, and I have to think that the overload of work is a, is a major contributed to that. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. How, uh, help me out here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's a great point. And I think I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't struggle with the same thing. I would say, so video games were my comic book. 
I okay. used to be really into games. I don't know the last time I played a video game. I can't even remember. It's probably been, you know, at least since my first child was born. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I think part of this is just kind of a process of self-reflection and deciding what it is that you want. Because I, I think that you're right, that you can you can get so caught up in different elements of life and have your identity and kind of self-worth so tied to those elements. Um, and that, that can be productive. Um, like, I, I bet that your company does quite well. I, I bet that you're pretty ambitious and hardworking, right? And these are all kind of the, the positive offshoots of that mindset. Um, and, and I think, so I think people just have to decide for themselves what they want. You know, if, if, if you, if you decide, you know, I'm, you know, I, it's funny, I, I try not to bring in one-off anecdotes, but I'm reminded of my father. So my father was a small business owner. He was self-employed and had, he had a, um, a small transportation business mm-hmm. and he hired, um, contractors that would do, do the driving. And so he essentially was the, 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 the contact to the, you know, medical centers, hospitals, and to the employers. And then he would, so he did specifically workers' compensation, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. transportation. And I remember as a kid, people would always call and say, hey, do you do um, wheelchair transportation? Like, do you have a van that's equipped for wheelchairs? He'd say, no, I don't. Call this other company. They have it. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a kid asking him, like, why don't you just buy a van that can do a wheelchair? Like, you'll make so much, you'll have so much more business. You'll be able to do this right. and do that. And he just said, you know, I could do that, but it'd be more work. And I'm kind of happy with where I am. I don't really want to get a van with a wheelchair because then I have to hire a new driver. I have to pay more money for the van. I have to get more insurance. I'm going to have to go then solicit more business to make it worth it. Right. I'm good. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And that it's funny as as a kid, I always was baffled by that. And then because I would just think like, why wouldn't you? Right. Right. But now as an adult, I I think about that. and, And he was making a choice. Right. He decided that the the business growing was not his the most important thing in his life he kind of made enough money to be happy you know we grew up you know i would say middle class we were fine you know we didn't have a bunch of stuff you know we went to blockbuster on friday and that was the big the big thing we got a movie back then they were way more expensive than they are now (laughs) funny yeah that's Um, true you know and 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 so i think you just have to make choices about where it is that you want to invest your time and energy and what it is that's most important to you and then understand that those choices have consequences, right? So right. Um, if, if you're going to be just completely obsessed with work and nothing else matters, you, you may not be able to sustain a happy family and relationship. And maybe that's fine. You, you right. might be totally fine with that, right? Ooh, that's and, your life. Well, that, that brings into four burner theory, yep. um, which which we learned about in school. You, uh, teach, us, teach us about this, please. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the whole idea behind four burner theory is that there's these four kind of different areas of your life, right? And those four areas are, are your health, your work, your family, and your friends. And the idea behind the theory is you can't have all of those burners turned on high all the time, or, and it's and in, in, in the sense that it's just impossible, right? To, right? to devote enough time to all of those things to have them all be at a very high level, um, just because there's only 24 hours in a day, right? right. And you've got to make choices and trade-offs on what it is that you're going to spend your time on. So kind of the, the idea behind the theory is that you've got to shut off one of those. So think about what that means, right? Health, family, work, and friends. Those all sound mm-hmm. pretty important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so the idea behind the theory is that to be really successful and have a fulfilling life, you've got to cut off one of them. And to be really successful, you have to cut off two of them. Um, so now, you know, successful from the standpoint of of what financial gain 
Um, no, I think just in terms of you feeling successful, it's oh, really just okay. your own perception, right? Because you, if you shut off the work aspect, right, you're not going to be very financially. Sure. Um, right. But but maybe you're not someone that cares that much about work or, or making a lot of money, right? And so, yeah. so that's the idea behind the theory. Now, I would say it's, it's a little bit looser than that. Like you can operate on all four, the burners is going to have to be turned lower. Sure. Right? I mean, you just, you, you can't spend 12 hours at work every day and have a very fulfilling family life and see your friends and have time to work out and attend to your health, right? It's just not possible, right? So you've got right. to make these, these burner trade-offs. Um, and that's really the idea behind the theory. It's just that you can't operate at, you can't go, 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 go maximum level at every aspect of your life. And you have to decide for yourself what it is that's most important to you and what you're going to, what burner you're going to turn up higher at, at the expense of the other. So also this idea of the trade-offs. Right, right, right. And, and those, you know, those trade-offs I think are worth, you know, thinking about because, you know, for me, uh, yeah, my burners have been just turned on high with, you know, work and family, um, you know, to the detriment of my health, to the, uh, you know, the the semi-frequent and then less frequent and then occasional text message from a friend that says, hey, how you doing? Haven't heard from you in a while, you know. Right. Um, and and friendship is important, you know, and 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 having that is is really important. And and I just know that, uh, yeah, I know that I know that I'm guilty of neglecting, you know, that aspect of my life. Um, you know, recently I've done a lot better with the the health portion. You know, I've been uh, doing a lot of yoga. Mm -hmm. uh, and making time. And, and a lot of that was just a matter of, um, reorganizing my schedule so that I wasn't taking appointments in the morning so that, you know, when my, uh, you know, aside from like a, an occasional breakfast or something like that, but you know, when I drop off my kids, I come back to the house and I just, I do a little bit of yoga, a little bit of meditation. And that's kind of been my way of, you know, turning that dial up a little bit maybe it's maybe it's on low you know maybe yeah. it's on simmer uh because it's yoga and not like high intense you know workout <laughs> but right. um you know that that idea of having a little bit of nuance to and, and paying attention and having intention on those four aspects of life i think are really critical aspects to being able to overcome the the stressors and in the, in the uh uh, you know, the, the demands of everyday life. I mean, my, my wife, uh, is, is, can, can probably attest to what life is like when I'm not meditating and doing yoga. Uh, she definitely prefers me to do <laughs> meditation and yoga because I'm a little bit nicer, you know, when, when I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great point. Something I want to highlight from that too is, is, you know, by making that choice, you're probably leaving some work on the table. Right. I mean, yes. you, you maybe could be doing bids or, or, or checking out a job that 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 um, you know, your painters are working on or writing a blog, something. doing, yeah. you know, yeah, totally you could be doing a podcast. Right. And so you, you've made a choice that I'm deliberately not going to do this so I can do this. Right. And, and good on you for making that yeah. choice. Right. And so I think, you know, it's we've hard. all got to make those choices and then and understand the consequences of those and be OK with them. Yeah, no. And that, that is hard. You know, there's, there are times where I'm doing like a 20 minute meditation where it feels like, it feels like I'm neglecting work mm -hmm. and, and it, and it's, and that's so like, 
yeah. you know, antithetical to the whole idea of mindfulness. <laughs> so right. I try to let those, you know, judgments kind of flow. Uh, but but you're right. It is a trade off. And I think what I ultimately had to, you know, as I've started this new phase, like I, I've, I, I was, you know, tell my wife, I said, you know, the last 10 years, I've been burner on high heat with work. And I'm, I'm not any happier, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, I mean, there, there are certain things that, you know, there are certain nice things that we have that we didn't have before. Um, you know, there are certain things that I used to worry about that I don't, you know, when I was in my undergrad, uh, yeah. I was, I was worried about running out of gas in my, right. in my, you know, in my car. And mm -hmm. it was, you know, it might've cost 40 bucks to fill it. And I, I was like, well, how am I going to do that? you know, we don't have an issue filling the tanks in the cars today. You know, it's, it's a, we're in a different stage of life. Um, but, but with that and in the age of my kids and especially for, you know, for the listeners who have kids of a certain age, um, there are a lot of, there, there are a couple people out there who talk about this idea of, you know, counting the days that you have left of them being in the house and, and they use that as a, and it's a, it's a cruel ploy to, you know, it's just an emotional ploy. They use that to say, this is why you need to get serious about delegating things in your business. This is why you need to get serious about, you know, becoming financially independent. And my state of mind lately, to be completely honest, has been, uh, they're, they're, by the time they're teenagers, they're not going to like want to hang out with me. I have yeah, time. time. I have time. I have a lot of time later. I don't have a lot of time now. So, so the the value of the time that I have now is worth the trade off in terms of financial gain. That's where I'm at, mm -hmm. and I, and I feel I feel at peace about that. Yeah, yeah. I want to comment on one thing that you brought up, which is a great point. So you mentioned that that you know, despite the business success and all the work that you've done, you're not any happier. Um, there is a really well-established body of evidence on the relationship between money and happiness. Yeah. And essentially what we find in, in the developed world is once you get to around somewhere, I don't know the latest figure, but a couple of years ago when I checked this, it was somewhere around $70,000 that you make every year. So it's kind of enough to like have like your, your needs are covered, right? You're not going to worry about going hungry. You've got, you've, you've, you've got a roof over your head. You've got gas in the tank, Right. Um, once those basic needs are covered, there's a big drop off in how much money actually relates to happiness. So it kind of the, the graph kind of goes linear until you hit that point and then it levels off and it's just kind right. of level. Um, right. and, and it's this idea that once your kind of basic needs are met, making more money doesn't necessarily make you happier. Um, and I think it's fascinating. That's been replicated among yeah. thousands of people across the world. In the world. You know, yeah, I the, saw that study. There's a similar phenomenon in less developed countries. The number is just lower, but right. it's it's the same kind of human phenomenon, right? That that once like it's not about happiness at that point. It's about something else. Yeah, yeah. As I I, I recall that I I remember that study, and you're right. It was it was somewhere around seventy 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 two thousand dollars. Yeah, for just kind of a baseline happiness. It did this uh this particular you know uh write up that i read mentioned that for um that's that's especially for day to day satisfaction mm. for kind of a general life satisfaction that number um does go up to about $96,000 mm. so like okay. feeling like you have um 
you know, some like you've kind of accomplished something, like you're right. you've like arrived. Yeah, it, like yeah. you've made it. Um, but I but I don't know that that's uh, an individual number. I, I think it's I think it's it could be even like you know combined income if you, family, if yeah. you you know family income. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that idea of beyond that number, not only does it not like contribute to happiness, additional money, it actually adds more of these stressors that we're talking about mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of times the the uh, the added stress of the job that you're doing, mm -hmm. um, it takes you away from home. It takes you away from tending to yourself. You don't, you know, you, you can't have relationships with your friends because you got to you know, put in 80 hours to justify, uh, you know, the, the income. So yep. uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, so where do we go? Like, uh, you know, to, to kind of solve some of these, you know, stressors and these burnout problems, yep. what kind of resources are there? Yep. Yeah, so there's two um, general ideas. So the first is um, essentially th this idea of acquiring more resources to help you cope with the stressors. So, and and when we talk about these resources, I know that our audience are um, you know uh, uh, paint, painting contractors for the most part. And so, you know, when I talk about these resources, they're not just for you and your own level of stress, but also for the people that work for you. Um, and so these resources are really under two major categories. So the first has to do with autonomy and the second is with support. So autonomy really gets at this idea of having control over the work that you do in some, in some way. So um, it doesn't have to be total control because right. we all have a boss, we all work for someone. And even, even if you're an entrepreneur and own your own business, you don't have total control because um, you, you, you have a hundred bosses, your, your customers right. are your boss. <laughs> right. And so looking for ways to introduce some choice in decision making at work can be helpful. So this could be like when 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 you're um, you know having having people set up to do a job, um, letting them decide how it is that they'd like to do it, right? What they'd like to do first, how they want to prioritize the work, having them have some discretion over how to structure the work. Right. Um, you also could be flexible in terms of work schedules, and and I, I'm not sure how much flexibility you might have in your industry, but it's something we generally say to folks is is try to introduce some flexibility in work schedules that can help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so not necessarily saying people work less hours. It's more about them working at times that they choose, right? Having some choice over the schedule of work. Sure, 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 um, sure. It, it can also help um, injecting some autonomy in, in, in uh, people choosing the jobs they want to do. So if you, if you have any ability to do that, maybe some people prefer outdoor jobs, maybe some people prefer indoor jobs. That could be something you could try to allocate people based on their choice and preference. Mm -hmm. That will introduce some, some levels of control and helps kind of ameliorate or, or uh, some of the negative effects that could happen from stress. Yeah. Um, yeah. The these second, are, oh, yeah, go ahead. oh yeah. So, so I, I, I want to support these, you know, the, the, this concept um, and just kind of, you know, show how, how it could be applicable. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of people listening would say, now the job that you get is the job that you get. You can't, you, you can't pick and choose, but there is a benefit to niching down. And to mm -hmm. saying, saying no, just like your dad said no to the, you know, the wheelchair stuff. Uh, there's, there is a value to finding a specific niche where your people feel the most comfortable and, mm -hmm. um, and they can you know, do it all day. And I, I mean, this, this happened, you know, probably a couple months ago in my company where um, we took on this commercial project that was just, you know, honestly, it was just outside of our skill set. Like, it, you know, 
and we didn't really i didn't really know like what i was you know putting the sale together that it was going to be that dramatically outside of what we normally do um until we get in into it and then it's like oh geez you know we pulled you know this stuff off the wall and all of a sudden it's it's a disaster and the morale of my team it, it plummeted and yeah. you know we had conversations a lot of conversations um, just trying to endure it where it basically came back like can can we just stay in our zone you know because because i had one painter who was like you know i when i when i'm on that job that we we're on i wanted to be gone by 9 45 in the morning you know i wanted to be done but we moved to a different job that's more in in our wheelhouse i had no problem going all day eight hours Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I do think that having that level of, uh, of, of, you know, feedback and choice can, can yeah. really inform you as a, um, as a, as a business owner and as a decision maker on what kind of projects you take on. Um, and I would say additionally, you know, where this, this is also kind of, you know, zagging where others are zigging. So, you know, I have a lot of guests who come on the show and they're like, processes, processes, systems, processes, you know, have everything. It's got to be McDonald's, you know, it's got to be everything the same. And uh, I, I, I don't agree uh, as much as I used to. And I'm, so I'm kind of glad that you're saying this because I used to be a process guy. Now I'm like, now I'm like, oh no, we need principles. Like we need, we need Mm -hmm. strong principles that, that help people make decisions in the moment. You know, the principle is make it look good. The principle is yeah. have a happy customer. Right. So how do you do that? You know, versus having, you know, a, a manual that's, you know, a hundred pages thick of like, okay, when you, you know, find that you have removed the sisal and then you have, you know, it's like overly right. technical, nobody's going to read it. And right. if they feel like a robot, they, you know, they're, they're going to end up feeling emotionless in their job, which yeah. isn't good. I- and there's a time, I mean, for process and principles, like when it comes, for example, to safety, right? You don't you don't right. want people improvising safety, something related to safety on the fly. Right. But, um, you know, in terms of they've got a big job to do, what which part they want to do first, where they want to start, maybe, you know, th- th- those kinds of things are different. Little ways to inject choice that are likely not going to endanger anybody's health, um, but could still, you know, help, help do that. I mean, it, it's just... It's a basic human need, you know. People just have a need for agency and and to be able to make choices about what they're doing. Absolutely. Um, and so, any any opportunity you have to inject even little choices in the work, um, I, I would take those on. Oh yeah, um, a lot of anxiety I think comes from feeling a lack of control, mm-hmm. and so sometimes you'll see people who feel that high level anxiety try to assert control just to feel like. It's not all crazy. And a lot of that comes down to like, how much autonomy do I have? How much flexibility do I have? How much choice do I have? How much control do I have around my environment, myself, you know, the things that I'm having to deal with? That's, mm-hmm. that's really, that's really important and, and good insight. Yeah. yeah. And I think that you can start small, right? Like you don't have to, you don't have to go, like if you're one of these folks like you're describing that wants to be in control of everything, I'm not. You know, it probably wouldn't be helpful for you either to just say, okay, free for all, right? And so <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you got to have your parameters. <laughs> yeah, start small, you know, and, and in a way that, that um, you know, l- listen to the people that work for you, ask them what it is that they would like to have some say over and, and be transparent and honest about whether you can deliver that or not. Because um, I also wouldn't promise something that you can't deliver. 
Right. Um, and that and that goes into what you're saying about support as being able to yeah. support, you know, the, the people around you in, in those things. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's that second concept of resources is support, right? So how much can you, you know, and support has kind of um, within support, there's kind of these two dimensions. So there's this idea of, of instrumental support. So this is like literally one, like someone needs help and you're physically helping them get their job done. Right. Or, you know, they, they need some, some specific thing to get to do their work, you know, and, and you provide it for them. Right. Um, you need to, you know, instead of having them, you know, use a ladder that's too short that maybe is unsafe because they're all the way at the top, you buy a bigger ladder, right? Those are instrumental supports. It's actually helping someone do the job. Um, so making sure people have that support mm -hmm. and the resources they need to get the job done. Um, the other is emotional support. So being there for, you know, if for, you know, people have, you know, difficult things going on in their lives, people have, um, you know, aspects of the job that maybe are stressful, maybe a customer wasn't, was, rude to them, something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, providing emotional support is also really important, helping people cope with the stress. And and the same for you, you know, for you and, and, and all of your listeners that are in in more of the, the, the managerial role, um, being not just providing that to folks, but finding that support as well. So either from the yeah. network that you have within the industry, um, from your family, from your friends, um, it, it is sometimes important to have some of that, just have someone to listen and, and yeah. be able to empathize with difficult things might be going on. Yeah. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of us in the pain industry, as, as we continue to mature, we are finding that we have our support network in, in within each other. And yeah. so as, as great as, you know, as, as much as I, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe trash the Facebook groups uh, up front, they've really been a lifesaver for me at the same yeah. time, because, you know, I've developed real relationships um, that start there. And, and then we meet in person at a, at a PCA conference or something like that. And, and, and we just, we forge these relationships and, and, you know, what's been interesting is to me is like, as I've um, kind of wrestled with that balance of work and life, um, I find that, you know, some of, some of my old friends, you know, especially in my college days, you know, we don't, we don't see each other as much um, as we used to, but uh, my new friends that I've, that I've made, through the painting industry, through conferences and through, you know, our Facebook group, um, you know, I, I end up calling these people for support and, and, and vice versa. And, you know, I mean, we've, we've gone through divorces together and we've, you know, like yeah. we've gone through financial ruin together. You know, there's, there are all these, um, uh, it's just so good to have a community, um, like you're saying, and, and, you know, what's tough for our, our, our employees is that, um, you know, they're usually not as connected on the national level. And so creating an environment at work for that, it, it's tougher, but it's it's really important. I mean, even even if they're having a, a you know, look, every dog has their day, you know, they, they have a job site that's not going right, you know, they, you know, accidentally spilled a, you know, pain or you know, broke something and, and now they're, you know, stuck fixing it. Generally speaking, you know, the, the policy or the, the principle is fix what you, you know, fix your mistakes, fix your own mistakes. At least for our company, you know, the principle is fix your own mistakes, but that is not a hard line because there are times where I can tell somebody is just, at, they're just at their wits end and they can't take it anymore. 
and and we bring in relief you know yeah. say, like we'll, we'll get some we'll get some fresh legs on it you know and and yeah. you know don't worry we'll we'll take care of you you know that that is really really important in in terms of this uh, element of support yeah yeah and i think and i think beyond you know i think it's just also important to remember that that when we're at work you know we we are all people we're not economic units um even though i think Sometimes like we're, we're wired to think that way sometimes, especially right. when you're in an administrative role and, and you've got to get this job done and you're just thinking about the job and, and you're, you're trying to get, get the people working for you to, to, to do what they need to do. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, there's this, uh, this adage that you hire people for the skills they have and then the whole person shows up at work. Okay, and, yeah. and this is part of that idea, right? And, and being yeah. supportive of folks and especially if you want to keep them, right? Because if you're... If you don't have a good culture and you're not supportive and you're not providing people with the resources, then they're just doing the job for a paycheck. And the moment they get a higher paycheck, they're gone. Absolutely. And, and you yeah. lose, you know, you, you then then you're hiring somebody new. You lose the stuff that that person brought to the table that was the reason why you hired them. Um, so, yeah, when, whenever you can, you know, to your point, it's it's not it's not about um, you know it, it's about having these principles and being flexible and being able to meet people where they are. Absolutely. So, you know, so getting those resources critically important. Um, there is room for uh, breaks. There's room for uh, you know. There's room for recovery. There's room for detachment. Um, and and you mentioned you know this earlier that you know we're looking at uh, identifying what those stressors are, finding the resources, and then figuring out a way to to recover. Can you walk us through this recovery process? Yes. Yeah. So the, um, you know, a, a big part, you know, we've talked about stressors and we've talked about the resources we can use to help us cope. And then once the workday is over though, or at, the, at even at the start of the workday, you know, like you 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 mentioned that you drop your kids off and go back home and do yoga. Um, this idea of detachment, recovery, disconnection, setting boundaries between work and life is really important. Um, and I, I think it's, um, it's something, so there's a lot of evidence on a daily basis that taking time to recover every day from work is critically important for your health. Mm. Uh, the main reason for this is that the, the, the hormone that your body releases essentially when it faces a stressful situation is cortisol. So kind of a, everybody's cortisol level throughout the day has this natural pattern that when you wake up and you start thinking about everything you need to do in the day, and you start, you know, getting your kids ready to go, you get yourself dressed, you go to work, et cetera, right. cortisol kind of hits a high peak. Mm -hmm. And over the course of the day, as you're working and getting stuff done, it declines, right? You go home, you have dinner, you get in bed, um, you go to sleep. That's when cortisol is the lowest. Right. And then it starts rising again steadily as you get closer to wake up time and then repeats the pattern again. Um, when you're constantly stressed out and don't have that detachment recovery time at the end of the day that lowers your cortisol, um, or at the start of the day that maybe delays the, the beginning of that peak, um, right. cortisol essentially remains elevated and then sets essentially a new baseline level in your body. Uh, and over time, if you let that continue, it can be very harmful. So cortisol essentially acts like a poison in your body if, mm. it's not, if it doesn't have the opportunity to go down at, 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 um, at a regular uh, cadence throughout the day. So yeah. building in time to be detached from work, to 
completely, you know, as much as you can, maybe it's impossible to completely detach, you know, especially yeah. as a business owner and, and you've got someone who's calling you the night before saying that they can't make it to the job the next day, whatever, you know, these things happen, but taking deliberate steps to try to detach and recover every day is critical for health and for your yeah. ability to, to produce the next day. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Maybe, I think those, um, you know, I think for the, the family businesses out there that, that is, if they have it figured out, you know, good on them. Um, it's critical. Um, you know, you can't take work into the dinner table, uh, you know, or, or in, into the bedroom. Um, yeah. But that's it's so hard now. And then, you know, people and in, in folks in my situation. So, you know, I've got uh, I've got a young, young, younger family and uh, we have a, a newer baby. And, um, you know, my, my wife is at home with our with our baby which, you know, we're very fortunate to make that happen. Um, but, you know, her day doesn't ever feel like it ends. I mean, even in, into the middle of the night, um, you know, getting that break for our, you know, for me, I feel guilty about trying to take that time because I know that she essentially can't or, or doesn't or, or sometimes just won't. So how do, how do I... Uh, or maybe this is a conversation for uh, my, my family counselor, but <laughs> you know, how, how do I build that in to, to get that separation? Cause I, I find that um, that first hour when I'm actually done with work um, there's so much, my mind is still at work, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm, I may be, you know, sitting with the family, but my mind is still at work. How do I get that detachment? Yeah. Yeah. So do you, do you find, so is it just in your mind or are you looking at emails? Are you like, what, what, what is the process that that's kind of leading you to stay connected to work? Yeah. So I've gotten better about, um, you know, not looking at the emails over the years for, for probably the last five or so years, I've been pretty much exclusively pull notifications on my phone. I have almost all of the notifications turned off my phone so that I'm not like, you know, getting the the dings and the notifications showing up. So right. I'm not bad at that. I do tend to veg out on my phone. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, I think there is this look and, and my, my wife called out the other day. She said, you have that look, you're in your head. What's, you know, what's going on, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so that I, I think I just, I just stay in my head. Yeah. Could you, so a strategy that I've seen is, um, I don't know how it works or not. So I'll be the first to say, and I'm not sure about the evidentiary basis. I have to put on my professor kind of asterisks on it. Sure. Um, could you get home and just take 15 minutes and journal and maybe write down what it is that you're thinking about work that essentially might be notes for you to then revisit the next day, but then, but then set a rule, right? Like I'm going to yeah. write about this and just like brain dump onto this page, everything I'm thinking about. And when I'm done, I'm putting it away and I'm fully invested in family for the next hour or two. That's really not a bad idea. That's that's really yeah. That's that's not a bad idea at all. And, and I asked about the emails because that's something I struggle with. Like my sure. phone, is, I'm constantly getting emails. So I'm I'm, I'm an administrator at the university. So it's just a, a different level of you know dealing with with folks all right. all the time and dealing with issues. Um, I just put my phone somewhere where I can't get it. Yeah. And so I, I've so you know th this goes back to this theme of like starting small and and doing what you can do. I can't get home at six o'clock or whatever and just not look at my email till the next morning. Like, right. 
I, my my own personal anxiety will not allow me to do that. <laughs> so instead, what I do is I put it away until the kids go to bed. Yeah. So I've got young kids like you. So I put the phone away. So six to eight p.m. is like sacred family time. Right. No phone. No work. I could talk. My wife and I may talk about like I might say something that happened at work, but we limit that as well. Sure. Maybe 10, 15 minutes. Um, and and that time is devoted to family. When the kids go to bed, I will go and do one last kind of check of emails. I'll jot things down that are like you're saying are in the back of my head, like things I have to do and, and things and like um, I'll get that stuff down on paper and then I'll I'll endeavor to like not think about work after like 8 30 i would say um and and that that'll be that's kind of my cadence um yeah and i'm, I'm a work in progress i won't say that i've mastered any of these things <laughs> though it's, so it's not easy it's not easy. yeah 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 well i you know i think that uh yeah when we uh when we had breakfast the other day you mentioned the idea that the the concepts in leadership are you know engaging and may come easy but being able to actually implement is uh near impossible <laughs> at yeah. least it feels that way absolutely yeah. yeah uh eric this is this has been a a great conversation um you know if, if you could give you know one final word of advice to to our listeners in order to make all of this you know just kind of set in in place and and you know make life good again what what would that be yeah yeah, I would say take care of your health and your stress. You know, the decisions that you make today are going to have long-term impact. And um, I would I would also give yourself grace in the sense that all of this stuff is hard. I mean, I've pretty much made a career writing about this stuff, as have many other people. Um, so that that's that means it's not an easy problem. If it was easy, then I wouldn't have much to write about. Um, so so just give yourself grace that this is something difficult to deal with and and you know, go back to the, the three things we talked about today, right? So try to minimize the hindrance demands in your job and, and hindrance stressors, augment the challenge stressors, um, look for uh, resources to help you do your job. So control and support are the two big ones and take care to have time to detach, to recover and to disconnect from, from work at the end of the day or at the beginning of the next day and set those strong boundaries to let you do that. Um, is this where I give the, the, the plug for the MBA? Yeah, yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, about the Kelly. Yes. Yeah. So so if you're interested in, in, in doing an MBA, so the Kelly Direct MBA here at the Kelly School of Business um, is an online MBA program, very flexible. Um, Torlando is doing it. You get it is, you know, how we are different from our peers is that you get the, the best faculty in, in person every week during your classes. So we don't have the B team teaching in this program. We don't outsource it. Um, it's it's the folks that are here that are that are um, really top top notch. Some of the best faculty in the world. So, uh, and then also join the PCA. Hey, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm making sure to to channel Torlando's. Uh, <laughs> That's right. No, I can't say uh, better things about the the Kelly Direct online program. Um, you know, I. Uh, let's not be modest here. It's the number one online program. Okay. That's so right. for <laughs> a reason, be, yes. that's right. So cool. Well, Eric, thank you so much for, for being on paint ed, uh, stick around backstage as I, as I close out the show. All right. Thanks so much, Orlando. Thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate it. All right. There we have it. Eric Gonzalez Mule with, uh, with the, uh, Kelly, uh, school of business, um, sharing his, 
uh, well-researched um, uh, uh, findings on stress and, and how to overcome that in um, in our business lives. Um, that was a, that was maybe a conversation that I needed. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I, I needed that one. Um, you know, definitely feeling the the stressors of uh of the painting industry um you know you're, you're in it so you know i don't need to tell you um you know there, there's i think that we see so much online of like people's successes and honestly you know we don't know the whole story there and and I, there's a lot of times where the what appears to be high levels of success and 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 reaching you know to next levels there's there's a other side to all of that to that coin you know if you have a lot of sales that means you got a lot of jobs to do and if there's a lot of jobs to do not all of them are going to go right and and you guys know that more than anybody and so you know i would be careful not to compare yourself to what you're seeing online but ultimately make a decision for what you want your life to look like what do you want your business to look like? What do you want your family life to look like? What do you want your weekend on your own to look like? And if if it doesn't feel right right now and you and you are not happy, you know, we could talk about the ROI of of uh, of money, of an investment on an asset, but what about the ROI on our own happiness? You know, are we getting that out of the lives that we're designing? through business let's think about that and uh and make some changes if necessary um thanks to the pca for producing the show um always grateful to them um make sure you check out my book sprint on amazon and uh, subscribe to my youtube channel crafts and painter uh, where I'll, I'll i teach sprint os the operating system for your painting company uh until next time folks my name is torlando and this has been paint Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.